Down Know Nothing podcast, focusing on the bare naked ladies. That's right, whether they didn't chart or were number one, from beautiful to hidden sun, we're It's All Been Done, the podcast. Remember all the nights we would sit and talk in the bath? It's my co-host, Evan. The fire's burning low, the coals are still alight. There's still so much to know, so much to find about my co-host, Saker. What is there do you, you think you don't know about me? Hmm. I think you got it all. Yeah, I think you're pretty much an open book, as far as I know. Front like, to back. Well, as far to, as you know. Tip to taint. Tip to taint. You got it all on UHF, my friend. Yeah, tell me a, tell me a dark secret, then. Me, oh, t- Tell me what you think I don't know about you. Um, February 18th, 2018. Mm-hmm. I, I just hit that kid and kept on driving. <laughs> <laughs> I did not stop. Because, I mean, like... He shouldn't have been out. The road's ricey. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, he kind of stepped in front of you. So it was his fault. One time, this is horror. I am going to tell you a dark secret about myself. One time I was driving home. I was probably 20 on a icy road. It was Mm -hmm. dark out. The roads had gotten very bad since I went out. I should have gone home earlier. Was driving. Uh, A dog ran out (gasps) in front of my car. Did I hit it? I don't know. I think I felt something immediately. I tried to slam on my brakes, obviously. Got out of my car. It stopped. Looked around everywhere. Could not see it. Could not see a blood trail or anything. So, Jesus Christ, I hope I just, like, he ran far enough that I just, like, hit his hindquarters or something and he just kept running. But that was one of the scariest moments of my life. Wow. I, I thought wow. I hit a dog with my wow. car. But I, I did everything that I should have No, no, done. yeah, you yeah, yeah, you weren't you aren't you aren't culpable here, that stupid fucking dog. Yeah, but God. anyway. Uh yeah, also very scary to see at like one AM driving home from Denny's fucking is a fucking shadow. dog out of Oh, oh shadow. <laughs> oh, I miss him. No, you told me a dark secret. I don't think I've killed any a- animals. I have <laughs> think i killed an animal i hope i didn't kill an animal yeah i mean i've killed tons of animals by proxy like i eat meat so i kill lots of animals well, but like yeah I i've never i don't think i've ever dog. i've never like taken it into my own hands um yeah you you weren't the uh i mean i've worked every part of i've worked every part of the process up to literally the slaughterhouse were you uh, we, were my you family a... raised cattle yeah you strike me as a pull the wings off fly sort of guy Nah, no. If I'm gonna, if I'm gonna, if I, I'm the guy who will accidentally like, you know, knock a leg off an ant or something, and then feel like you have to kill it because it's not gonna have a good life. Like it's like a mercy kill. Do you ever wow. do that? Wow. Uh, I've never mercy killed anything. Like, a, like, a, like say, like say, there's like you just realize you've crushed an ant's like thorax. Like it's it's still dragging itself around, and you're like, whoo, come on, guy, like. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta put you out of your misery, right? But see, I don't think I've ever put the. Se- You're better than me, probably, because if I am walking over like a group of ants, it's not like I step and then like look to see like, did I squish half an ant by accident? Like, no, I'll just like oh, I'm walking. Maybe I killed an ant by accident. I've probably killed huh. thousands of insects. I've so you're a cruel. Flies. You're a cruel god. Yeah, I guess I. Or am no, a you're, cruel you're, god. Ca- you're not cruel. You're capricious. You just don't care. Wait, have you not swatted a fly purposefully before? I don't think a fly. Mosquitoes, definitely. I'll murder a mosquito. Okay. No, flies, I just kind of... Then they're just... Uh, like, horse flies. Anything that bites me, I, I feel fine killing. 
Sure. Uh, yeah. But like, you know, if it's just a regular file, shoo it off or something. Okay. I I ugh, I take maybe even pleasure in those little fly swatters. They're kind of like to see if you can I don't know, it shouldn't be a game. It's a game to but you. murder. My God, I guess murder is a game. <laughs> I oh, have that's said. the one thing. Yeah, you've got a record <laughs> of saying you before. would love to kill without consequence. <laughs> I would love to see what it feels like to destroy a human being. Uh, wow, that sucks. Just to, take, but, just to feel like, you know, the ultimate, take the ultimate power into your hands. But I did, like, I have, last winter, I found a little bird on the sidewalk outside of my house, and it was clearly hurt very badly, and I tried to, like, go home and bit, get a bit box its head off. and scoop it up and, like, mm-hmm. rehabilitate it, and it was having none of it. It tried to evade me and escape me and bite me. So I just kind of left it. I was like, I guess this is nature. <laughs> but I felt bad doing it. Does that mean I'm good? Please tell me I'm good. Yeah, you're good. You're good. You're oh fine. You're, you're a good person, okay. Saker. But here's the thing. You're a good person. Uh, but if you were ever given the opportunity to be truly <laughs> evil with no consequences, you would take it. So I don't know what that of says about you. Of course I would. Of course. I do. I do find myself playing the uh the renegade uh run in games before i do the paradigm i find myself it's fun to make mean choices in games where there is no consequence yes yes i do like that i i always oh, okay. do that too. i always do that too just to see how they do it because all the games they always say like oh yeah it's, it's just the way the close fist it's the it's the renegade like you're not being a bad person you're just you know it's just a different path but no no sure. you're being a real piece of shit oh yeah absolutely there's there's no nice way to so do i do that. it to see how they punish you for doing it Oh, I just do it because it's kind unlike of the unlike the real world, which rewards you for being a piece of shit. <laughs> to a point. Sh- to a point. Maybe I should be killing people. Maybe I would get rewards for it. Is <laughs> it those, like Smash? Get those Xbox Live points. Get those Xbox trophies. Whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah, achievements. Give me those chivos. It was a. I think it was Ken Jennings on Jeopardy. You know, like he was on Jeopardy for so long, and Alec, at the beginning of every show, Alex Trebek like asks a question about you right don't they like oh i hear you're this and yeah um and he's alex i think asked him it's like show number 52 is like is there anything i haven't said about you ken and ken just goes <laughs> well i did kill a man down south once <laughs> and then he just kind of like shuts up after that oh that fucking rules oh man ken jennings ken good guy jennings. It, maybe he's not a good guy but seems like he seems he seems a like a, he seems like a well put together guy i mean he's yeah. a mormon so there's something a little bit suspect about his faith but you know he seems fine I guess so. Seems well, they also hate, they hate the gays. Oh, okay. Uh, I was gonna say seems mean of us to to shame the Mormons, but I guess they do hate the gays. Of course, I guess a lot of religions hate the gays, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're all the same. Also, so, we can't blanket because Christianity is technically like hates the gays, right? But I mean, I think there's a large swath of people who are Christians who do not hate mm-hmm. the gays, obviously. But. If you're tithing your income to an organization that actively, of course, promotes homophobia, then you are, if you, even if you are a good person and don't hate the, hate, you know, people who aren't like you, then you are supporting something that does. It's like, you know, buying, buying Chick-fil-A, even though they only, they've stopped doing that and they only, you know, contributed like, I don't know, $10,000 to begin with anyway. So yeah. Yeah. Boy, their sandwiches have gone downhill. They, I don't know uh, how many in a Chick-fil-A in like a decade because I'm I, a good person saker. We found out if you have the opportunity to be evil. <laughs> no I cuts. eat them when they are bought for me. They, they had We had our parent-teacher conferences back in November and the PTO put out a thing that was like, we're going to cater it. Where would you like food from? And there was like six options. Overwhelmingly, 
our teachers voted for Chick-fil-A, which Ooh. was like, Jesus, fu-. I mean, I, I teach in Cowtown. That's so, fair. yeah. But anyway, I did steal like seven sandwiches and kept them I'm in my a, school I'm a, Cain, I'm a Raisin Cane's guy. Oh, like, hell as far yeah. As, as far as chickens Chick-fil- go. I, I mean, I'm a Popeye's guy. Popeye's is the best. I am a Cho. Love that Popeye's. Mm. Um, but- Popeye's. That's where they get the, you get the whole pup. Okay, make fun of my ass. I'm a Popeyes man. I'm a popcorn. I'm a pillow. I'm a milk. I would assume that you are too. We're from the same fucking place. It's weird that I am and you're not. I say milk. 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 Have a glass of milk. I don't know. My uh, Lucia said that um, drag. The word dragon begins with a J. Dragon. Sure. Of Dra- course it dra- does. Dra- dragon. And uh, yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't say I was. Ro- he was wrong. Well, you could. And in fact, you would be right to do so. <laughs> yeah. But like dragon, 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 yeah, dragon. dragon. Imagine, he... imagine dragons. <laughs> That's very good. I like that uh, sort of band name is J-R-A-G-I-N, dragon. That's very good. Um, and Bo, speaking of dragons, let's not drag on anymore. And let's get to this week's song. Oh, must we? <laughs> this week's song is called... Paul Chambers. And if you've never heard it before, here is a quick sample. fucking lounge music this is something we've yeah like this like lounge music is like an old cregan slash bnl staple like no surprise there they love their like 70s lounge music like yeah you're gonna get probably one an album maybe one every other album like i feel like we've gotten a lot of lounge songs but like but not so much since steve left like i feel like steve was the big lounge guy that was what i was going to say to you because i feel like uh on heal thyself discipline part two maybe there was some lounge songs, right? Like mm-hmm. Steve was the lounge guy. He was into it. I think it's one of those things I would almost bet you that he put on BNL the first album, like ironically, like wouldn't it be funny if we had a lounge song? And then eventually he was like, oh fuck, this is not ironic anymore. I just love lounge music. And then well, I think just they're, started. I mean, they're they're all in their fifties, and so like sure. they came up during the seventies, and like like the sure. like lounge was a. I mean, it still is, but like a viable musical genre in like the 60s and 70s. Like yeah. people went to see lounge acts and shit like that. And, you know, it wasn't relegated to the, you know, just sort of kind of a joke genre now. Yeah. Yeah, but, you're right. Uh, but they must realize that they are in 2022 or 2021, mm-hmm. I suppose, as they release this album. Um, and it's very weird. <laughs> I mean, it's cool. I love it. It sounds great. And I also love that they're doing something different. But they had to know that this was going to be a silly little... I don't know. It's weird. Because the musical styling is very silly. But the song is not silly at all. The song mm-hmm. is very uh, heartfelt, I would say, if I had to give it a word. When I first looked at the lyrics, I thought this was a Kev song because of the specificity. Like, yeah. I love the way you put the lemon in your glass. Yeah. I, I, love, I love that. I love that we put on Paul Chambers, the specific Paul Chambers album. A kind of blue Miles Davis. I put that on and then um, we walk through the changes. 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 Because <laughs> I always put on kind of blue. You have always seen beside you 
could definitely see this being, especially with a title like Paul Chambers, mm-hmm. uh, who, God, I wish instead of being a prolific bass guitarist, had just been the John Haddle of Kevin, just like his childhood friend that he wrote a song about. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Um, but yeah, I, yeah. Uh, do you, should we talk about Paul Chambers a little bit just to kind of introduce listeners? I knew, I knew basically nothing about him. As but I didn't either, and Kind of Blue is one of my go-to albums. Like I oh, is fucking, it? I love listening to Kind of Blue. Yeah, Miles Davis. I don't Davis. think I've ever heard it. Oh, I it's probably fantastic. have, but I've never... See, I'm not a jazz guy. Oh, my dad was a jazz guy, and I inherited that. I feel like I'm... Listen, I know objectively jazz is a very intense musical genre. It's got a lot of like improvis- improvisation. It takes a lot of skill. But from a subjective perspective, I feel like I've never had the bandwidth to get into it. Like, I feel like if I got into it, it would take effort, which I don't want to do. I mean, this is this is how I feel about things. And I know I'm objectively wrong, but I still feel it which is barrier to entry, right? So you're saying like it would take effort to get into jazz. In what regard? All you have to do is listen to music and be like, I like this or I don't. But what I think you're thinking is like, there's so much of it. How do I know what to fucking listen to? How do I know what's good? To properly appreciate it, I mean to say. Like I can listen to jazz, but it's just going to sound like modulated nonsense to me unless I like put the effort into like learn about the the key that they're playing and learn about the chord progression that they're using it's, i feel like it's a it's a i feel like jazz more so than a lot of other musical genres rewards not musical knowledge yeah maybe so but i don't know any of that shit i mean it's just pleasant to listen to i See, would I say it just sounds like noise to me um, really yeah it's just like i one of my friends put up a uh a jazz band just just this morning and i'm like oh oh a jazz band was playing in youngstown somewhere and she was filming them and i just see this guy going fucking ham on the way like, it just was like sounded like that to me like so he's going yeah. fucking insane on this bass and then this uh this saxophone jumps in like i'm like okay guys i mean i i understand that this is music and i understand that you are really good at it yeah and that's as far as i can meet i can't meet you at your level because you're so much like i'm a musical idiot it makes me feel stupid jazz makes me feel stupid well what is it i wonder if here are my two options i'm either so fucking smart (sighs) i just i get it like i get jazz at a level where i don't even have to think about understanding the the signatures or the changes or whatever or I'm just such a fucking moron that I like I'll listen to it and be like, I don't noise good. Noise fun to hear. Which I think it's probably more the latter. Uh where I don't even realize it's challenging. Um so I mean, maybe you, you grew up with it though, so I think you've got sort of this ingrained appreciation feel, appreciation and feel for it that I don't because I've yeah. not a j not surrounded by jazz people. I think I've seen two jazz bands in my life. Um Okay. But I am going to try Kind of Blue because I hear it's one of the best albums in the world. And, you know, I'm going to yeah. try and listen to that and see if it uh, see if it strikes me. Because, you know, I love music. I yeah. want to get into jazz. I just don't. I feel like it's, it takes energy out of me. It's it's it is funny because uh, it's not just Kind of Blue that Paul Chambers was a session musician for. Uh, he was also on John Coltrane's Giant Steps, which is another go-to for me, which is also a fucking great album that you should uh, listen to, bud. Writing it down, writing it yeah, down. Yeah, they're both Paul Chambers jams, and uh, you might enjoy that. Um, yeah, and uh, I think uh, there's a song on Giant Steps that, in my reading, is named after Paul Chambers. Song 7 on side 2 is called Mr. PC, 
which is about uh, oh uh, yeah fucking pc police i get it <laughs> mr pc here mr. he is Mr. anderson um but uh yeah although i you know i thought when i heard this and when i read about it and i was kind of going through paul chambers discography i was like oh this song is going to be a musical pastiche this song is going to be like a jazz song that sounds like a mm-hmm. Paul. not nope. in the fucking least like i do kind of love that it's a love letter without being like let me try my best to imitate this guy because i think he was kind of inimitable in mm-hmm. a lot of ways he was very unique um but uh yeah and he died at 33 he was so oh, fucking no. prolific for being 33 why did you say that like that? I didn't want him to die. Oh, you were sad. You're sad that you're not going to get Paul Chambers' 2022 let, fucking kids and, uh, album that he's putting out. Yeah, we let, we let little bit and uh, Romulus Augustulus out into the backyard. Oh, they, Paul they didn't even Chambers. know that Paul Chambers was dead. They just ran around like fucking idiots. But you know what? In uh, in uh, South Sudan, all the uh, elephants got together and uh, tooted their tooted the golden song. <laughs> they did. They took his. They they showed up at his funeral, and then took his bo- took his casket to the elephant graveyard. Every every day when I let Lil Bit and Romulus out into the backyard, I tell them a new celebrity who's died, and they don't care about any of them. Those idiots. Today it was Tia Tila Tequila is dead. A little bit. What Today do you think about it was that? Tia Tamara. Today it was wait Tia Tamara Maori. I forgot their last names. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. It I, was I, the stars of John and Kate plus eight. Oh wow. All ten of them are fucking dead now? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Little bit didn't care. <laughs> what a sad thing. Um, I I also, maybe it was my untrained ear, but the bass didn't really feel forefronted much in this song. For it to be no. a gym song about a bass player, it was a... Oh my God. I'm so sorry. I sneezed. Thank you for apologizing. That's something that our society dearly miss, dearly needs is uh, more apologize for sneezing, like a heartfelt apology. Yeah, um, yeah. I thought I thought the bass would have been really uh, upfront in this one, and I'm kind of glad it wasn't. Again, glad it's not a pastiche. Glad it is mm-hmm. a just a tribute to a man. Um, tribute to a man. Well, I don't but know. I mean, is it? Let's talk about lyrically. Is it a tribute to the man? No. No. Sort of. I mean, this, it's not about Paul Chambers. Yeah, what is this song about? What what was your interpretation? Are Jim and Tyler fucking? <laughs> <laughs> I need no more elaboration. I know the answer is yes. But for our listeners, why don't you explain what you're about to say to them? I mean, okay, so this song is ostensibly like a romance. I love the I love this, I love that. Our relationship is changing. Our relationship is growing. Sure. Uh, so he's he's sort of comparing the changes in their relationship to the changes in the modality of Paul Chambers's bass lines. Sure. In something in kind of blue. Um, so he's 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 touching. He's doing what you should do when you are uh, you know in a conversation with someone, which is like three good things for every bad. So he's touching on the good memories that they have. Like I love the way you put your lemon in your glass. Remember when we sit and talk in the back. Remember all the nights. baths no i don't either yeah i i can't fit in a fucking tub is one well yeah you're a big boy i I love a hot tub i love a jacuzzi 
I like a sit in a jacuzzi with friends if I'm drinking, but I don't yeah. like I don't consider a jacuzzi a bath. It's, if anything, it's the opposite. You get yeah. dirtier. You're you need real a bath dirty. After the jacuzzi. Yeah, right. you need to wash hose yeah. off before and after that motherfucker. But so yeah, he's he's a the fire's burning low, coals are still alight. So he's saying like our relationship is cooled, but there's still some embers we can fan into something more. Let's find let's find a reason to stay. Just like you know, Paul Chambers found a reason to stay in the I don't know. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, so he's changing the base, and let's talk through our changes, and that's it. Like okay. I think it's just a conversation about with an old flame. Do you think it's about Ty because they talk about I love the way you carry your drums? <laughs> that's through what LA. I thought. Yeah, because okay. I know I tried to look up uh, Jim's wife Anne, and there's really nothing about her. Oh, so she's a I don't mystery. know if she's I don't know if she's a musician or not. Um, yeah, I don't know if I can see Jim's wife Anne schlepping a fucking. Uh, drums and playing at Al's bar, which is like I think a punk bar. Yeah. I love the way you drums Remember all the Because I I did not feel like this was really about a. I felt like you could see a relationship if you looked at kind of like the gaps between the lyrics of this song, but I feel like so much of this song was about Jim's relationship to music maybe not paul chambers specifically although obviously a huge influence on him but it was like a love song to the idea of music and the touring life and the bass and you hmm. know just all of these things that jim you know because so music music rolls its eyes at jim uh i he think loves, he loves when he sits in the bath with music he loves the way that music puts the lemon on the glass he loves the nights that he used to talk to music in the bath he loves I... the I think it is about the nights when he used to talk to music in the bath. I think that's talking about him being in the bath and listening to fucking kind of blue and like talking, you know, how he's like maybe thinking about his problems and he's kind like, of blue is, ki- kind of, there's no scatting on that album. Kind of blue is like soothing him. You know, it's talking back to him. It's, you know, it's that conversation that you have, that invisible dialogue that you have with things that comfort you. Uh, you know, a comfort show or a comfort album or whatever. I think that's legitimately what it could be about. But I do think rolling his eyes or rolling her eyes, presumably it's about his wife, at Jim is like the the relationship that we see glimpsed through the lens of like, why? What's well, because he's, thought, he's putting on kind of blue again. That's the reason she rolls her eyes. She puts up with his love of this music and mm. his passion and all this shit. Uh-huh. But I don't know. But it is interesting because did you watch the behind the scenes thing? No. Okay. Not the behind the scenes, but the bare naked ladies talk about it. Tune of the week. Tune yes. of the day. Tune of the day. Uh, Jim talks about how uh, he kind of wants to be the Paul Chambers of BNL, like that that solid rock bass player. I mean, he is. He is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, then Ed says, this song should have had a bass solo. No, it shouldn't have. You were right to not put a bass solo in it. It would have <laughs> paled in comparison. And he says, it's not about a bass player. It's about a relationship. I don't know that it is. <laughs> I think you're wrong on both counts, Ed. Uh, so don't let Ed talk about Jim's songs anymore um, because that's it's just wrong, I think. Um, <laughs> but boy, oh boy, did this song have it. Oh! Yeah, it, it. I like the way it built. Like, fucking two, two thirds away, we get strings. Then yep. the horns come yep. in. And then Kev starts doodling his solo. Yeah. You know? like, oh. I could have used more of that solo, motherfucker. You're just going to skip right over the hand, hand claps? claps? Oh, the, yeah. They, I, I didn't even hear them. They just wash over me. God. Oh, they were, man, they were right out in front for me. Why do these changes? Whoa. Whoa. Why do 
uh, yeah, the strings, like, the strings were so, they were kind of in the beginning of the song a little bit, but they're so faded into the background. They're so just a part of this, the mm-hmm. soundscape of this song that Jim didn't feel the need to forefront them and be like, yo, we have strings on this album. Like, everything is just done so masterfully in this song. When you let a fucking, like, musician, like a masterful musician kind of take over the reins. I don't know. Loved it. Were you yeah, sa- I think he he has to be the best musician in BNL, right? I think Kev gives him a run for his money because yeah. Kev Kev is I think they're both good at improvising, but I think Jim understands music theory the best, I think. I wonder if that's true. You're probably is it harder to play the bass or the keys? I mean, they're both difficult. I don't know. We can yeah. all agree drums are the easiest. Oh god, yeah, Ty's an idiot. Absolutely. Followed by, followed by guitar. Those two serve nothing. They 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 give <laughs> nothing worthless. to the band. They are absolutely worthless. Um, speaking of Kev here, I feel like it's him doing all the harmonies in this song. I'm surprised this isn't a more Ed Eddie song, but uh, very Kev forward on this one. Ooh, uh, Kev, very forward of you. Can I? I was, I was looking for more information. Speaking of behind the scenes stuff about this song, mm-hmm. so I just searched for Bare Naked Ladies, Paul Chambers. And I did find an article from the Vancouver Sun. Um, mm. And I do want to highlight something we're about two weeks late on, but I want some insight on. Let me read you a quote from this Vancouver Sun article. Okay. Jim Cregan's Paul Chambers is an ode to the bass player on Miles Davis' seminal session kind of blue. Kevin Hearn's humorous bylaw moves from recounting a neighbor having house renovation issues to getting a traffic ticket from a Toronto cop named Yoko. Sorry? <laughs> Where was this mentioned? And I'm wondering if this is canon, if this is something they interviewed Kev about and he spilled, or if this is something that this reporter just whole cloth invented. Yeah, do you think the Toronto police have it out for Kev now? Because he's going after, he's a back the blue, he's going after them? <laughs> oh, it's very possible. Fucking police, police union, they're picketing uh, Kev's $100,000 uh, recording studio. Yeah. Can you imagine if you got pulled over by a cop named Yoko and you'd be like, I wrote that. I, there's a song that I wrote. <laughs> She's just like, okay, <laughs> I was going to let you off with a warning, but you're you're a very weird little man. So <laughs> I am going to give you a ticket now. I don't oh, know. Oh, no. <laughs> I've, I've, screw, I've screwed it up again. Little Kev. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I feel like, you know, this one, I'm surprised it had a co-writer for being as, as Jimish as it is. Mike Evan. Mike Evan. Canadian musicians who BNL seems to have worked extensively with in the past. Yeah. Both like Jim Ty or Jim like produced his album, didn't it? Jim like and the, Andy um, produced his album. Oh, I'll bring the s- stereo. stereo? Yes. Yeah, yeah. And then uh Ty and Kev, I think, played on it. Yes, I believe that's all true. Yes. And they, and he's been on the ships and Diep. He's been on cruise. two of them, five and four. And two Ev, more than will ever be on. Do you know who this guy is? No. This is the man that the bare naked ladies forced to dance at gunpoint. Oh, then made fun of him. <laughs> and then made fun of on fucking chips and dip four or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, I looked up that video again because I was like, Mike Evans sounds familiar. And sure <laughs> enough, dance, 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 little monkey, it's fucking monkey. dance for us. God damn, so ridiculous. And the dip. Don't even remember what song it was on. 
but it was just a delight to watch them force a lesser man to do things for them again. <laughs> our little our little butler that we paid we paid for your cruise, Mike. You're obligated to do this. <laughs> um a lot of fun fun instrumentation on the song. Ty yeah. is going wild on the shakers and the drums. Mm-hmm. And like they're situated so far back in the mix. He is just fucking workhorse. He's doing so much to build the beat. And it's so far back. Ev, are you not impressed with Ty? <laughs> Always. Let out the biggest fucking yawn talking about Ty being such a workhorse. Come on. I'm you very gotta tired. love that. Oh, why are you so tired? We didn't even have Council of the Fist last night. What'd you stay up late doing? <laughs> I'm telling you. Hey ho. Hey ho. Hey ha. Uh, and that staccato guitar is just a very mm-hmm. nice, pleasant thing to listen to. It's just I like the little, yeah, like the dutes after, like Kev's little dutes after the, right before they talk about the bath. Like, doot, doot. Like, just dutes. <laughs> There's a couple of dutes. I don't remember the dutes. I'm going to listen little for synth, the dutes. Little synth, little synth dutes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Like, I, I kind of like BNL tunes on the whole, I think, to be a little more lively. But I, this one is kind of a simple joy here. This yeah, one is nice. Yeah, I tried it on 1.5 speed. No good. It felt rushed and weird. Uh, like uh, the ending part, like the uh, walk through these changes together. It sounded like an opening to like a 1970s comedy show. I put that in my fucking notes. It 100% sounds like a sitcom. Like where fucking you see- perfect strangers or something. Yes. You see the whole family in the kitchen. Walk through these changes. To- <laughs> Paul Chambers was filmed in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> Ev, hmm. go ahead and play that theme song. Six, Tra- six, 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 YouTube. Nope. Oh, Trinity Data Corporate. I don't even remember it. <laughs> Here's Data. Triple the storage. <laughs> Try Data Company. Try Data five Company. Mo- five months ago. Take the storage. Dude, is the Bare Naked Ladies Facebook page not working? Or did I get blocked? What? (laughs) So he's commenting on a random fucking track from Detour to Force. I am truly worried about this man. And I- so now you can fucking find him though, because you know he's been commenting on the Bare Naked Ladies Facebook page. So now we can track down Tri Data Company. Oh, but how will I know who he is on the BNL page? I wonder. Mm. So you I think kn- he's also called Tri Data Company. I wonder. I should look up Tri Data Company on Facebook real quick just to see if they exist. So you think it's possible that his uh his uh fucking uh company page or whatever is the person who is um commenting on the Bannock and Lady statuses. I guess. Like I Tridata know. is a document management company serving ooh, Ohio, Kentucky, and West Virginia. Now we've talked about this because Tridata Company is owned by Justin McElroy's father in law. Oh. Uh and I I doubt it's the same person, but it very well may be because if you go to Tridata Company's page on facebook or on uh, youtube um it is like just like six videos that are like uh my imaginary new best friend dad's place like none of it is uh like stuff that you would expect to see from the tri data company's official <laughs> youtube channel right 
I am mm-hmm. going to subscribe to him uh, just so we can see what's up with that. But God, I don't know. I want to get I want to get into this guy's head. I want to know who he is and what he's all about. He has a song up on YouTube called Liar. Oh, should I put a little clip of it in here? <laughs> sure. Ebo. Uh-huh. Are you done with the song? Um, do you listen to music? No, rarely. No, I mean like I put music on a lot. Like I'm all, I'm listening to music. I listen like I have music on a lot, but I don't like I know that some people back in the day you put a record on like you and your friend or, you know, loved one would just sit there and fucking listen to the record like that would be the activity. Right. Do you do that? Never. Absolutely never. Nor do I. I think music makes everything better, but it's always uh, like an accompaniment to something I'm doing. Yes, exactly right. Yeah. I, I cannot okay. remember. I must have been in high school the last time I turned the lights off and put an album on. I can tell you which album it was, which was Robert Miles' Dreamland, but I haven't done it for a very long time. Yeah, I tried it last night, and I, I mean, you just end up staring out the window and thinking, not about the music. Like, it's just, again, I just kind of like my brain. Did uh, you do it off. with Detour de Force? No, oh. hell no. <laughs> what album was it? I think it was a uh, Johnny Flynn's Ah Lorem. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I cannot. It, this is just the way my brain works. Is that if I did that, I would feel like I'm not doing a hundred other things mm-hmm. because there are things that you need to progress on. Like I could be playing a video game and complete it, or reading a book and complete it. But if I listen mm-hmm. to an album, there's no, like, I can't check it off a list. like Masturbating to completion. And, yes, finish that up. <laughs> but, see, there's always more masturbating to do. So I'm not sure if that really hits it for me either. Still fun, <laughs> but. Another jerk around the corner. See, masturbating is something I like to do while I'm doing other things. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. just kind of put it on in the back. Eating breakfast. <laughs> That's right. Laser tag. That's correct. The public library. <laughs> Um, but no, that's an interesting, cause this is Paul Chambers music is definitely the kind of music that you would, you know, have a, uh, mm-hmm. you know, sit around and listen to. And that would be your night. Yeah, cause my boss, my boss and I were talking and he told me the other day that he like, he and his partner have like jazz Sundays or something where they just put on jazz music Yeah, and they just like listen to it. And I'm like, that seems weird to me. We have, uh, we have a friend who does that with her partner as well, who just like, they'll have like vinyl Wednesdays. Where they'll just put on vinyl albums all day long and listen to... Now, they'll do it while they work, but then I think it's just, you know, they make conscious choices about, I want to hear this next. I want to, you know, I'm in the mood for... Like, for me, I mean, I know I am a rare specimen where I have, like, 40,000 songs and I just do shuffle all, all the time. And then you just... And then you skip, like... You spend eight minutes between each song hitting next, next, next until you get something that you actually want to listen to. <laughs> yeah, it's true, but it's always a variety. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> but uh, but no, I, I like I like to put on like music while I'm cooking, and like I, I just like music. Yeah. So like you know, if I'm making Japanese food, I'll put on some Kodo music. If I'm making like Mexican Ooh. food, I'll put on some like regional Mexican radio. Really? You know, it just adds to the adds to the ambiance. I will never do that, but I think I've definitely become a podcast person because those are things I could check off a list. You know what I mean? And that's the way my brain works. That's what gives me the dopamine hit. Is like I've completed my podcast for this week. I'm done with podcasts. Right? I've checked that list. But music is something I feel like I can never do that with. But I, I do enjoy it, obviously. Music is limitless. So, I ask you again. Are Jim and Ty fucking? Yeah. 
I okay. think almost yeah. And I think it's a lot. You know what I mean? I don't think this is like a dalliance or like something that happened a few times or like, mm-hmm. you know, I think this is yeah. something so this that is where, like this Ed, Ed has to like hose them down some of the time. <laughs> Got the little spray bottle. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. It's mama's stories are on. <laughs> Why? Where were you going with that? I just wanted to know oh, if you okay. thought they were. Right. Yeah, I think they definitely are. Did you have a, did you have a take on it? I agree. Okay. I love the way you carried your drums through uh, Los Angeles or whatever sure, the fuck that was. Sure, I watched your calf muscles yeah, who, rippling. Who else uh, has drums that Jim knows? Probably no one. No one. Jim only knows one <laughs> fucking drummer. Tyler has made sure of that. Oh. Because yeah. I feel like Tyler's position is always precarious. Oh, sure. Yeah. He knows that Jim could leave him at any moment. Yeah. Yeah, that's or, true. Yeah, or he could get kicked out of the band. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I know. He's got to make himself indispensable. Tyler knows he's insinuated himself so deep into the fucking BNL boys at this point that mm. there's no way he could be mm. knotted out. God, can you imagine if one of them got replaced? If we fucking just, the next album, they replaced Jim? What the <laughs> fuck? That would be so fucking weird. I with truly... a smaller vert with just him from the waist <laughs> up, but no legs. Only one, one arm. arm. Yeah. <laughs> um... Ev, I think it's about time that you tell me which game show this song is about. Can do, will do. This is, of course, about, uh, you know, Jim being a very esoteric man with esoteric interests. Uh, he, of course, wrote this song about one of the most, not esoteric game shows. It's actually a very popular game show, but it'd be esoteric to us. It uh, ran from April 7th, 2018 to present, has over 202 episodes. It, prim- it goes roughly weekly. Wow. Uh, it is the most popular game show in korea wow and one of the most popular shows in korea period it has roughly three percent of the uh domestic market so you know three out of every 100 koreans watch this okay every set it's called do re mi market do re mi market oh that's the name of the show yeah okay do re mi market all right tell me about it it's also called also known as amazing Amazing saturday Saturday. (laughs) what a weird name for a show okay it's a it's a variety show, but it's also it's a game show. It's it's structured as a game show, uh, but the contestants are all uh, Korean stars. They're um, you know rappers, singers, radio DJs, comedy actors, uh, a former MMA guy. Um, Interesting. So it's like a it's like a slightly rotating cast uh, of uh, of characters, and they come on and they're that's it's it's the songs are all it's all about guessing songs based on lyrics. It's all about you know like they. There, uh, there's a million games, but I'll, uh, like just like jazz, there's a lot of improvisation. Okay. Um, but the the premise of the game is the premise of the the uh, game show is they try to get guess the song or guess the lyrics or guess whatever, and their reward is um, it's called Dory Market because at the beginning of every show they show like a Korean market, uh-huh. and then they buy food from that market and they bring it to the studio, and if you get whatever segment of the game show right, you get to eat some of that food. That's if you don't. If you get it wrong, or you don't, you get to eat half as much food, or you get to eat a quarter as much food. But the food that you don't eat is eaten by a, uh, I think it's called mukbang or something like that. Oh yeah, uh, like a, a YouTuber named Smallmouth Hate Nim. Okay. <laughs> so she's there with a fucking table, and uh, if they get the creston wrong, the food goes to her and she eats it. They don't what get any. The fuck! This is so bizarre. When did this start? 2018. Wow. Okay. 
Okay, yeah, it definitely feels like a modern-day game show where you give the food to a YouTuber at the end. Uh, okay. Not the end, throughout the entire show. Oh, sure, yes, of course. Um, yeah, mukbang. Um, so tell me more. So, so what is this? I mean, are there ever other contestants other than, like, the seven people who are on it? Every they, time. They, they, they wrote, it's, it's that basically the seven contestants and they're all they're all korean um you know stars okay like uh, they're all they're all you know pop sensations or rappers or singers or what it's hosted by a rapper na- a rapper comedian named boom okay um and uh it's just like a slightly rotating cast um and they also you, the the people who are on it uh in the background for the segments get their own songs played Uh-oh. like it's, it's like backgrounds for markets so it's just a little bit of publicity and whatnot that's cool but um like jazz, like Paul Chambers, the, there's um, just a trillion fucking games uh, that they play. Like they'll play, uh, gosh, you've got a. They play like a snippet of the song, but at uh, times times five speed. Okay. You have to guess the guess the song from that. That's fun. Uh, you have to. Uh, they'll play. They'll they'll flash the lyrics on for point two two seconds, and you have to guess from that. I like that. Um, you've got a like they. Uh, that, and there's 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 guessing games too like they give you a really extreme close-up of a food and you have to guess what food it is oh neat or they'll give they'll give you um what like the a picture of a singer but it's like really zoomed in or um they'll give you the celebrity's real name and you have to guess who the singer of the song is um uh you you've got a uh, like um there's like a lyric feelings drama quiz where you have to answer the correct song title and its singer from listening to the lyrics but they're read out like drama lines oh that's on, really like, soap cool. opera okay um yeah. This sounds so, very simple. Like just a very like simple show, right? Does know, that make sense? Just like jazz, it sounds very simple, but there's a thousand riffs oh, on the theme. Sure. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. And you can get oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh no. I, I mean I, I was just about to say, like, it feels like one of those game shows that like anyone could do. Like there's I don't know, let's uh, how about a category where we uh, like the theming is very <laughs> uh squishy. Seems very squishy seems very scattershot yes. you know like they're but they're all just riffing in the same chord progression they're all just using the same modality That's man fair. and okay. they're like the like like in a um what's the fuck's that one who wants to be a millionaire there there are chances that you can take like there's like special things you can bring in like um you can ask like what there's one called full full boom full okay where you where on one on one lyrical question about the contents of the lyrics you can ask the host okay whether he but he can only answer yes or no oh interesting okay um so there's one like uh, where you say, okay, uh, I need, because you're trying to guess the lyrics of a song. You're trying to guess the chords of a song or something like that. But there's like one where it says, uh, give, there's one, two consonants where uh, the consonants of two words and lyrics are are shown. There's one that's like slow where they play it at 70% or um, you get one word out of the lyrics or all spaces where you get the word, you just get the spaces between the words. That's so weird. Okay. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. am currently watching uh, Hate Nim uh, eat uh five Monte Cristo sandwiches and 10 macaroons in the other window. And it is a delight. I've never actually watched a mukbang, but it's so much fun. You just get yeah, to live it's... vicariously through these people who are killing themselves for you. Well, a lot of there's there, there was a lot of like controversy because a lot of them will um, eat the food and spit it out off oh. camera and then just edit that out. So it looks like they're eating an enormous amount of food. Right. And the Korean, the Korean government actually got in, got like, stepped into the ring because it, like they're, they're like, this promotes, you know waste it's a culture of waste like this is just you know it's a really shitty thing to do right but you know of course they're gonna they're gonna do it anyway Who cares? yeah right of course interesting well tell me how is this song like this show just the, haven't them i been telling you riffing yeah. on the uh okay 
now that the table's set, you know, because they're going to the market, they're putting out their food. Mm-hmm. Let's put a record on. Mm-hmm. Let's play the lyrics. Mm-hmm. It's easy to forget because it's been so long. It's been a week since our last show. But sure. let's get you roll your <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of eye rolling in this. Uh, you know, and uh, I don't really think they play jazz on Do Re Mi Market. I think it's mostly like pop songs and rap. That would make but, sense. You know, because jazz. Ten- I mean, I guess there's some jazz has lyrics, but I don't know if it's a. Uh, you know, guess guess the lyrics. Skibidi bop bop. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm not a, a lyrical jazz uh, connoisseur. I wouldn't know if you told me. Um, okay, interesting. Wow, I like that you that you chose this uh, this very uh, niche. I didn't I guess choose it. Jim, Jim did. You're right. Jim chose this one. He's a big Girls' Generation fan. He likes. Well, also, he like he likes to. I mean, Jim. As far as BNL goes, he's probably the most esoteric musically. Yeah. And, you know, as far as what he consumes, I bet. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it stands to reason that he'll, he'll reach as far outside the... Uh, and this is a very popular game show in Korea, but, we, yeah. you know, we've never heard of it. Yeah, yeah. you know, okay. we're just, uh, we're just short, short-sighted Americans. So, number one, I think we should watch an episode of this. Uh, I... if, if it's got subtitles, I don't know if I just want to hear, oh, like, 45 I'm... minutes of untranslated Korean. I'm sure. Well, hold on. I thought that I just read... Uh... Oh no, it's available for streaming on VU. So maybe, yeah, it's a Hong Kong based video provider. Well, okay, we'll find it somewhere. Um, I don't know, it might be fun just to watch. Uh, well, maybe not. Anyway, um, how would Joe Camel do in this show? Does, okay, does Joe Camel speak Korean? I bet he does. Really? I don't I think he, he speaks, speaks a lot, any he speaks language, a lot of language but American. Well, he's. He definitely speaks French because he fought in the French Foreign Legion. That's and you have to, true. You, have to, you don't have to speak French when you go in, but you do have to understand French. Okay. When you're tra- the, 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 the instructions all in French. Right, right. So, like, I think, like, Joe Camel strikes me as somebody who picks up languages pretty quick. If, like, he picks up, like, not, like, fluency, but he gets, like, he can get around. Like, you drop him on the streets of Hong Kong... He's going to, within a day or two, pick up, like, some slang. He's going to be like, you know, because he's Joe Camel. Yeah. Like, he, doesn't, he's, he doesn't look shit. He's, he's got to pick it up. He's so fucking street smart. That is his highest stat, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose you're right. Okay. So, but if you put him on a game show where people are talking at him rapidly and, you know, uh, what? Uh, so, give me some of the, I mean. To I, I, bet he, I bet he plays, he plays it cool. I bet he doesn't do very well because he doesn't have, a, I mean, again. I think he can read a room really well. Yeah. But I don't think he has any no- any specific knowledge of like Korean pop rap songs. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think he has any knowledge of Korean food. So if they showed him a close yeah. up of like fucking, you know, bibimbap, he would be like, bulgogi. Uh, is, yeah. is it a burger? Uh, yeah. His <laughs> guess is all French fries. But I think, he, <laughs> I think he plays it real cool. And I think he like uses the fact he doesn't know anything as kind of like it, that's the joke he's and he's charming, on it yes. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's very charming. charismatic. Yeah, um, and they do let him smoke on. Yeah, on camera, it's so not illegal he's... in Korea. Um, so <laughs> it's not illegal in America either. <laughs> Just yeah, okay, I guess you're right. <laughs> um, fuck yeah, I guess. I don't think he. I don't think he wins. I don't think he does. He does well, no. but I think he he definitely doesn't embarrass himself you know on, on Doremi Market. I think you know he wouldn't want to eat the whole meal anyway. He's like, oh, this is kind of a. I mean, he wouldn't say it out loud because he's very charming. But he'd be like, uh, "Is this a you know, tukboki? Like, I don't. I'm not super into eating this. This is not a. Well, I know I could see I could see him go crazy on a plate of like bulgogi beef and shit. Maybe so, but he is so America centric to me that I uh, feel like he would have difficulty eating. Uh, I don't know, 
the 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 more you know regional cuisine of Korea. I mean, he is he is Egyptian on his uh, like dad's side. You're right. So maybe so. So I think you're I think you're you're selling him short. I am selling like, him got, short. Any, yeah, right. Don't don't erase his hair, his camel hair. Okay. All right, but he still does badly. But now, so the only thing I was gonna do is he did badly and he wasn't pissed because he didn't get to eat the whole food. But now he does badly and he is pissed because a little girl is eating <laughs> all the food that he was meant to eat. So wow, yeah, that kind of sucks. For but you him. know, he uh, he uh, gets the last laugh because he he dates uh, small mouth hating him oh, for he uh, like he did like three or three to four weeks. Okay, sure, you know? sure. Yeah, all right. That sounds. And they break, they, their breakup is very public and very messy. <laughs> he appears on uh, a couple of her streams. Uh, oh my gosh, she's eating a whole pizza here. That looks so good. God, yeah. Just him in the like. It's just you see her eating, and then he just walks back like just through the background with a bathrobe yeah. on or something. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Hey, babe, where's the orange juice? Or maybe he does a mukbang where he like smokes an entire carton of cigarettes, <laughs> cigarettes <laughs> in fucking ten minutes or whatever. I do like that. Uh, okay, cool, good. Well, Ev, now it's about time we rate this song. As usual, we rate the song on a scale of bare naked to fully clothed. The more clothes the song is wearing, the worse it is. The fewer clothes, the better on a scale of bare naked to fully clothed. Where would you place this song? I am the workhorse of this podcast. I keep this podcast running. No, I'm not. I'm the fucking easy. I'm the fucking color commentary. <laughs> I don't do any fucking work. I show up. I cash my checks. Yeah. I cash my uh, 30 cent checks every uh, time we sell, <laughs> sell a shirt. So I just fucking breeze into this fucking record. Uh, 10 minutes late. Got my uh, taking. I got my sunglasses on because I just went. I was on a call uh, outside in the snow. <laughs> it's bright. It's real bright outside in the snow. When you yeah. notice that? You go snow blind out there. <laughs> Brother. <laughs> Brother. You steal my catchphrases now, too. <laughs> yeah, damn All right. right. Uh, you mean my catchphrases. Sure. So, yeah. Um, so, I take my glasses down. And I'm like, oh, Saker, sorry I'm late. I was uh, just on a really important call with... Uh, are know, are you calling of... me out here because I was 10 minutes late today? Yeah, the head of the NIH. Oh, um, I, I see. The head of MI13. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. 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 I was uh, talking about the uh, spread of the uh, coronavirus mm. and how we can enhance it to target our most vulnerable populations. Very good. As part of our three-pronged strategy to re-elect President Trump. <laughs> okay. Good. Because I have taken the red pill. I'm a red pill guy now, Saker. I don't know if you know that about me. Oh. I've done a complete 180 Uh-oh. politically. I've done a complete 180 Uh-oh. personally. Uh-oh. I've done a complete 180 ethically. Uh-huh. Um, because my I, my eyes have been opened by this um, this guy. You're going to love him. He believes in some out there stuff, but he's buff as swole as shit. Well, and uh, you need to know. Yeah, I'm what? in. I'm in. I mean, I'm kind of in You're already. In yeah. yeah. He's big. He's a smart guy. He's just saying what people are going to think. He talks for like four and a half hours. Uh, he gets a lot of guests on his show. Super smart guy. He's what? But he's he's you know he's super smart. But he's not like you know you don't feel like he's smarter than you. Oh wow! You just feel like he's as smart as you. But like he talks he talks on our level. Does he smoke weed? That's really important for me to know. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Is that a core tenet of his personality? <laughs> <laughs> will he smoke it so. with joe rogan or with uh fucking elon musk that is my i have to know all right sorry we'll probably, continue probably I, I feel like i feel like if the opportunity presented itself uh he would okay but he's a smart guy chode rogan chode rogan okay um Cho, it's, it's a mixture of joe rogan and, and chad the, kroger and, <laughs> <laughs> chad so, kroger no uh, and uh grogu the oh little, uh, wow so he's got the the intellect 
of Joe, Joe Rogan Joe and the, uh, the cuteness of, of Grogu, the little fucking baby Yoda from but, The Mandalorian. But he is swole. He is fucking okay. beefy. Got it. Gotta get that stunt. He's like a, he's like a Grogu. He's Grogu's stunt double uh, in a lot of those scenes <laughs> okay. in one of the more recent episodes of The Book of Boba Fett. Sure, of course. But yes, yes. But um, you just need to deny the scamdemic. Uh, sure. Saker, and then uh, the world will open up to you the flat world we're all gonna be good we're gonna be good here so i i sell you some i got some shirts to sell you um don't worry you're gonna have you're gonna have to buy a hundred but you can sell them at a profit okay i could become a profit of... you can become a profit well, well yeah once once you get the once you get to a certain level uh, they just... start allowing you to create your own content i can't just buy my mysticism from joe grogu you can. Oh, okay. That's what I'm saying. Oh, you okay. To, you buy your way in. Okay, but, got uh, it. Yeah. So we've got this. Uh, our our outfit is, of course, the uh, t-shirt, the um the t-shirt that is one size too small to show off our musculature because we work out. Sure. Right. Um. We also wear. I want to say probably jeans or khakis. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But they're like they're like maybe cargo pants. You know. Yeah. They're not. See. They're not gym shorts or anything. Well, when we're in the gym, okay, sure, we weren't we wear shorts, of course. But you know, out, out in public, we're not going to wear gym shorts out in public. Sure. We don't want to show that off too much. That would be much. silly, except in the summer. You know, like you always want to look like you came from a gym in the summer, right? So that's what we're doing. Yep, yep. Looks, but it's look winter a little, now. Have a little bit of sheen to you. Yeah, it's winter now, so I'm in a t-shirt and a scarf. Okay, a t-shirt, and, scarf, uh, and, and jeans. Scarf and, and jeans. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I do. I'm gonna free up my brain. I didn't think at all intentionally the whole time that you were speaking because sometimes I construct this. But I love your freewheeling. Just like let's go from Joe Rogan to Grogu to a t-shirt and jeans and a scarf. Well, here's the thing. I don't have any time to prepare. My I know. Writing, I know. Like you. I know. <laughs> okay. Uh. Okay. Which is why your stories are always better than mine. So they're almost never. Uh. It's a. So weltering. <laughs> it is August 3rd, 2000, the hottest day of the year. The Coyote Ugly Girls told me that this will be the hottest day of the year. Um, and, you know, I step outside and I've got a hundred things to do today. It's one of those days where I'm going to drop my kiddo off at daycare in the morning and I've got this laundry list of I have to take my shirts into the cleaner. I have to pick up nails at the Home Depot. I got to go across the street to Lowe's and buy the wood because it's better there. I got to go home and I got to construct a mountain's worth of plates, wooden plates uh, for my new kitchen. See, it doesn't work as well. I took improv classes for two years. It doesn't show. Plates for your new rustic kitchen. My new rustic. building. We we, we were on Pinterest. We learned that rustic kitchens Mm -hmm. are the new thing to do. Our plates are made of wood. Our silverware is made of straw. Bundles of straw that we wrap (laughs) together with twine. We want to become Pinterest celebrities, my partner and I. So, I am painting on the wall, live, laugh, love. I am painting on the wall in this house. We forgive, we hold family close, and we eat a bowl of spaghetti. I am and I'm painting when I like walking in the rain because when I do, no one can see me cry. Hyphen, Rowan, Rowan Atkinson. Atkinson. I am painting cool as a cucumber. Cucumber. <laughs> Quote. Deborah Messing. Who, who said that? I can't even remember. Oh, well. I don't know. She had a Polish last name. Yes, That's the only thing I, I remember. remember. Um, and then, you know, once I'm all done, 
uh, you know, I set up the camera and I set up the, you know, we have a little ring light to take some nice pictures of this new. Oh, you got you got that little photo box there. Oh, do we ever? I got it off of uh, off of Amazon and it just shipped, and we're gonna take some pictures. And my wife comes downstairs and she's dressed in this, you know, she's going rustic to a T. So she has on dressed in, dressed in a shapeless blouse. That's exactly what she's made wearing. of rough spun cloth. And she's got a bonnet on, and so I go upstairs. And I change into simply a pair of overalls. No shirt under them. They only go down to about below my knees. They're uh, I don't have any overalls, so I had to wear my children, my child's overalls. So they're very, very small on me. But I've squoze into them. So my my rating for this song is a tight pair of rustic overalls uh, in my new Pinterest kitchen. There. I'm not, See, not as you did good it, buddy. as you. I can't do it like you do, Ev. We'll be right back with more It's All But Donna Bernick and Ladies podcast. <laughs> Ebbo. When there are, like, animals in cartoons that can talk and think, and like, like anthropomorphic animals, like a Joe Camel or like a Puss in Boots in the Shrek franchise. Yeah. Do you think Joe Camel is short for joke animal? Probably. Okay, sorry, go ahead. And they have like like girlfriends or boyfriends or whatever that are regular animals. Is that bestiality? Give me one example of what you're talking because the only So in the movie Shrek the Third when they are sailing across the ocean, Puss in Boots says goodbye to a host of regular cats that are presu- that are he treats as paramours. He, like they've had relations. Right. So, but he is a cat. Right. But he's a talking cat right. that can walk and you know right. act uh, anthropomorphic cat. But they are regular cats, which he presumably fucks. So is it? So what's going on there? Ev. Well, is it bestiality? No. I mean. Is it weird that you fuck a flashlight? I mean, that's kind of what they are to him. If I were leaving for a long trip, I might say goodbye to my (laughs) flashlight. flashlight. I might... To your fuck butt. I I might wish it a farewell to my boob mouse pad. To your real doll. But the thing is, they are... They're not a flashlight because they have... They are... They have... They might. They don't. They're not like. I mean, they're sentient, but, not, but they're not, not like their level of sentient. He's so much smarter than them. They might as well be. I'm not asking from a perspective. I'm asking for an objective read. I'm not asking for a like from Puss in Boots perspective. Yeah, well, I'm just talking objectively. If you're so much smarter than something else, you're allowed to treat it as if it's an object. <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> I could not get it out without realizing what I was saying. But they are. They are like. They're like nothing. They're they mean nothing to him. But the, I know. But there is a real gross power dynamic at the very least, right? Well, does a power dynamic exist within the animal kingdom? He is the only human in the animal kingdom. Uh, the only the only sentient being in the animal. Well, kingdom. No, there is. There are other. There are other sentient cats that he meets in the Puss in Boots series oh, and things well, like that. Never, they they exist. Oh, well, then fuck yeah, that brings a whole. He's got the Puss in Boots. He has like a put. There's like a Puss in Boots movie where he gets like a female, uh, you know, a girlfriend. But and she is a talking cat as well. Well, fuck. So when well, I you've opened a can of worms, because what I was thinking is like, I am a I have like an IQ of 400. Can I still have sex with humans? Because I'm like on a whole different level, right? But if there's so a, what I was thinking, if there's a like, whole host you have, of people, you have a, you have you have you, your IQ, your human IQ. Can you have sex with like somebody who has an IQ of like 
30. Can you? Like someone who is severely... (laughs) Yeah, like... And can you have sex with, I don't know, a dozen of them? Can they be your... (laughs) Obviously, you can easily do it. Yikes. You could convince them, you know, like... Oh, God. All right. So, Puss in Boots is (laughs) a very bad person, I guess, is what we're saying here. So it's not bestiality, but it is terrible. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah, but no, it's not bestiality. No, I would say because he is because he is a cat. Yeah, he is a beast. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, he is a beast. I guess all sex between animals is bestiality, isn't it? <laughs> I think bestiality is specifically when a human has sex with an animal. Hold oh, if I search for bestiality, am I gonna get on some government watch? <laughs> Don't list? search for it. Okay, I won't. I guess we're just gonna have to agree to disagree. Because when I when I laugh at those videos of two raccoons fucking, I just think it's funny bestiality that I'm watching, and I refer to it as such. I'm watching my funny bestiality videos. When I laugh at that grown man having sex with a cow. Jesus Christ! That's, that's, that's my bestiality. Do you? Hilarious boy. Were you around on the days where, like, I know I never watched them, but I know there were videos on like Ebombs World and Rotten.com that were like straight up bestiality videos. Like, were you around for those days of the internet? Did you ever go to those corners of the internet when you were a, a no. tiny lad? No, I, d- I did not. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was on some like real, I feel like everybody went on Rotten.com who thought they were an edgy 13 year old, but you are you were a little older <laughs> than me at that point. Well, I've been on Rotten.com, but I don't remember, I remember going on it and being like, ew, and then never going oh, on it again. Oh, okay, yeah. I definitely saw some very graphic self-violence on there. It was like, oh no, I'm scarred for life. I will never not think of this now. <laughs> and to this day, I've had ED. Um, so... <laughs> I can only get hard for animals. <laughs> that's correct. And that's what the newest Orange Gross podcast is all about. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. What if I would have done the Pokemon ad for this episode? <laughs> that would have been good, right? Um... But, you know... Pokemon breeder. Brock's a Pokemon breeder. Oh, he is a Pokemon breeder. That's right. Don't we have more than one Pokemon podcast on the network? I'm sure we do. There's... Or do we really only have one? Well, you know what we do have? We've got Okashina Podcast. That's right. Hey, Join producer hey. and host Sabrina Ray, a Cruel Angels podcast, and her childhood friend Dawn as they discuss odd, amusing, and oddly amusing anime from Japan and beyond. Deep dives, dated references, weeb shit. Their latest and last episode was Season 6, Episode 12, Beastars 2, Leg Up. So, Beastars. Beast Stars. Beast Rs. B-E-A-S-T-A-R-S. It's, it's oh, a portmanteau. Right? I think it is about animals fucking. I think that's what Beastars might be about. And I'm not joking. I do think that is what the <laughs> anime... Okay. Hold up, hold up, hold up. We're going to figure it out here. Uh, Beastars. Um... There's a cultural divide it's like, between herb- it's like it's like furry shit though, so it's fine. Like they're all the animals that are fucking are sentient animals, and they can give consent. Uh, that may be true. Uh, yes, because they're all anthropomorphic in this universe. Okay. Yeah. So that's fine. There's not they're not like like warthog man and like giraffe woman or like and, and like elephant man get like in a threesome, but like all of them are sentient. They can all give consent. They're not just like also adding in a dog, just a regular no, dog. <laughs> there's no there's <laughs> like, no puss in boots situation here. Yeah, okay. This is okay. okay. Um, it's a real puss in boots. Oof, oof, that's what I'm gonna refer to problematic people as from now on. <laughs> you're a real puss in boots. Um, but anyway, if you're into puss in boots, 
you can also check out <laughs> fucking this episode. The episode description. Thanks for listening. We hope to join you again in 2022. May you all have a safe, happy, and healthy new year. All of our love to you and yours. Wow, beautiful. Oh, that's that, that's from the Beastars. That's from uh, that's from Okashina Podcast. That's from Don and Sabrina. Oh. Uh, okay, Ebo, you gonna watch it? Mm. You gonna listen to it? You already did. <laughs> all right, that's what I like to hear. Welcome back to It's All Been Done, a Bearnaked Ladies podcast. Now's the time when we spin this wheel and figure out what segment we're going to do today. Today's segment, bye, 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 sell, sell, sell. Uh, sell, sell, sell. What product could this be used in a commercial for? Hmm. Paul Chambers. <laughs> They do, like the, they do like a deep fake technology where they uh, resurrect Paul Chambers playing his bass for something. Oh, okay. Is it, um, I don't know. What, they, is feed, there a they feed a bunch of bass lines into Bass Pro and it just creates its own jazz. Okay. Ma- machine oh, so jazz. This is for machine machine generated jazz. No, it's not is for, there... it's just, this is what they're doing for the commercial. The commercial we haven't even decided. Oh, this is it. what this it's... is what Gupta Media is doing for the uh, commercial. Okay, it is it is uh, respeechify. This is the Luke's voice of jazz. They're just getting <laughs> it together. Do you think it's for like Paul Mitchell hair hair products? <laughs> put it, put another Paul in your chamber with Paul Mitchell hair products. <laughs> is that it? Um, I think it's for um. Well, shh. so yeah, it's, the, it's for their new line of a uh, kind of blue hair dye. Oh, I like that. Okay. Uh, oh, so they have maybe a whole like, um, like jazz series. So yes. they're doing like kind of blue hair dye and like watermelon man pink, and uh, you're the jazz guy. You got to tell me. Think of more colors. Think of more colors. I only had the two midnight blue. Nope, that's the same thing as blue. No, no. Uh, like, yeah. Kind of blue and midnight blue are different. Oh, you're right. Yeah, definitely. Um. Yeah, I like this. Okay, so you've got a bunch of different jazz hair colors. Good. Uh, yeah, because okay. you got, put another Paul in your chamber, <laughs> and then uh, put a, so you're so you're you know everyone's being loosey goosey. But the thing about these hair colors is they're um, easy to apply, easy to get rid of. So okay. They, so they're like they you, you can you can change your your hair color several times in a day. I like that. Or do you think it's put another Paul in your chamber with Smith and Wesson? Put another <laughs> Paul in your chamber with uh, Viagra. Uh, oh, okay. I do like that. And that, that kind of relates to jazz. Yeah. Now we're getting into put on the sexy jazz music. Damn right. I do like put another Paul in your chamber, your chamber. being a metaphor for like go another round. You ready to put another Paul, Paul in that in chamber? chamber. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, or maybe like they put their little kid to bed and then the dad walks into the bedroom with the mom. And the mom goes like, did you put Paul to bed? And he's like, yeah, now I'm ready to put another Paul in your chamber. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think? And then we have this digital Paul Chambers appearing in the room and uh, playing (laughs) sax while we have this graphic sex scene. This is a, to be fair, this is a 30 second commercial. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's only on streaming services that allow for full penetration. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of into that. I like that. What do you think? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. So this is for Viagra. And pubic hair dye. 
and pubic hair dye. Good. Love it. And fertility medicine. <laughs> and, gu- and bullets. <laughs> and bullets. <laughs> Just the whole fucking host of random garbage. Well, okay, so it's about beauty, sex, and violence. The three things that Americans want. Whoa. I do love that. Yeah. Okay. So maybe, so who's trying to advertise beauty, sex, and violence? The well, television like, industry. Like fucking Procter and Gamble. Like, okay, they own well, everything. ConAgra yeah. Foods. ConAgra Mo- Mon- Monsanto. Monsanto. <laughs> so this is a, a fucking commercial for Monsanto. Where, like, the moment the guy comes, he shoots his Smith & Wesson into the air. His, his fucking semen are patented. Oh, that's very good. And then we And then we flip to the kids' room. He's like wide-eyed <laughs> in bed with his covers. Like, oh no, oh no. Good. I love this. This is the perfect sell, sell, sell segment. I think we nailed it this time, bud. No more work to be done. <laughs> now it's time to take an email from our friends, our fans, our goofy little games. Here's an email. Oh, by the way, email us, please. It's all been done podcast at gmail.com. This is an email from our friend, Jared. Hi, Jared. It's gotta be Jared. No, K is our sponsor. Do not do this. Gentlemen, I assume by now you both realize that your show is not about BNL. It never was. Mm. You guys don't give a shit about BNL. No, your podcast is about friendship and the ways in which our traditions, no matter how odd or arbitrary or frivolous shape us and our relationships. Given this, I hope it's clear that finishing the BNL catalog is in no way a limiting factor for you. Just as a pearl grows as an immune response to a single inflaming grain of sand within an oyster, you could choose any mild irritant to be the focal point of your opalescent <laughs> podcast secretions without altering the core of your show. So tell us, what has this podcast taught you about friendship and tradition or maybe obligation, and how has your friendship changed as a result of this podcast? Gentle kisses, Jared. Man, I felt like I was listening to a Crypto Naturalist episode. (laughs) By now, I assume you realize that your show... Touch uh, me. What has this podcast taught you about friendship and tradition, or maybe obligation? Hmm. Huh. Well... It's taught me to never agree to something without finding out how long it's going to take. You knew the scope of this shit when you got I had no idea how many albums the Bare Naked Ladies had put out. And you didn't do any fucking research before you said yes. No, I didn't. I I refuse to believe that. I think on episode, like, three, I was talking about them putting out another, like, 13th studio. Okay. All right. Well, I was already in then. (laughs) <laughs> Once you were on episode three, your sunken cost was too big to go no, I mean, back. I, no, that, that, I'm a man driven by obligation. I've learned nothing about obligation. Obligation has wow. learned a lot about me. So wait, what you learned about friendship is don't agree to something until you know the limits of it? Hold on to your armrests. Once in a while, we exceed the posted limits. So how do you explore the limits of friendship before you engage in it? Oh, no, I don't, don't agree to any... Um, task i guess so like hey man can That's you drive what me this taught you, you about were like friendship. you were like hey man can you drive me to the airport and i'm like sure and you're like the tulsa airport <laughs> <laughs> that's what so what this taught you about friendship <laughs> is always be on your guard never trust again 
<laughs> promise less than what you think you can deliver. Yeah, under under promise, over deliver. I feel like I've done that with this. <laughs> I feel like you've done you've done half of that, almost certainly. What have you learned about friendship then? <laughs> um, I've learned that even in the hardest times, friendship can still deepen, and in fact, sharing something difficult can be the catalyst for a kind of friendship that maybe you wouldn't have imagined with a person. I feel like understanding someone can sometimes happen in the most dire circumstances and learning to accept someone's faults as a part of accepting them as a whole. I've learned that so much of friendship is about the effort that you put into it. And what you get out can be beautiful. <laughs> I've learned that. <laughs> How many of these can I do? I can probably can't do anymore. I don't know. I haven't learned anything about friendship. I think I, we've become better friends. I feel like. Yes. Just talking to you for th- three hours every other week. Yeah. In, in addition to all our other social obligations that we do. You know what? I feel like this is also in a lot of weird ways deepened our friendship with other people. Because my friends, our friends, will talk to me about this podcast sometimes. And the fact that they listen to it and actually devote a portion of their day and enjoy it makes me feel closer to them in a lot of ways. Yeah, I'm surprised that anyone will give us any amount of time. Yeah, 100%. Me too. Um, Does that make you feel shitty about your answer? No. No. Okay, cool. No, no. How How about the second one? How has your friendship changed as a result of this podcast? I think we we touched on that. I think it's become, uh, I don't say deeper, because I think we were pretty good friends even at the get-go. I feel like we were friends, but I feel like doing this has made us inexorably linked. (laughs) I feel like sometimes when people go, oh, Saker, they'll go, Saker and Evan. You know, they're a pair. (laughs) The package, as as you prefer to be called. The package deal, that's right. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, feel like definitely. I think I don't. I don't think you can talk to somebody for what's this episode? Like episode 150 or something? I think we're beyond that. Amazingly, I'll check while you talk. So yeah, I can't. I don't think you can talk to somebody for let's say 300 hours <laughs> about anything right. without learning more about them. Sure. Uh, this is going to be uh, episode 196. Oh my god, are we going to get to 200? We are going to hit 200, but we might actually end on 200. That would be nice. That would be nice. Wow, that would be... Of course, I am including, like, live eps and the episode where I just said, hey, there's going to be a delay in the episode this (laughs) week, (laughs) so... It all counts. It's all all part of God's plan. Yeah. I'm a a mystic in the Catholic Church, and I can... I approve this message. Good. Great. Um, What have you learned about tradition? What have I learned about tradition? I think I've learned that tradition is meaningless. <laughs> I think I think I've learned that tradition. Well, I already I I don't think I learned this, but I already knew it. The tradition can be a useful vehicle for of everything that happens around it, right? How we have so? a tradition. We have a tradition of meeting and talking about bare naked ladies for an hour or three three to four hours every other Sunday. Sure, but we're not really talking about bare naked ladies. Not at all. You're right. Right. So I think that. That it's a tradition that we do this, but 
again, the tradition isn't that we do it. The tradition is all the friends we make along the way. Wow, that's deep. You know what? I've also learned never meet your heroes. That has nothing to do with uh, yeah, tradition. Yeah. I mean, I think we were both we were both kind of let down several times by this podcast. Yeah, I mean, I had always wanted to have met Mayor Wirtz uh, of the ASAP Raps podcast, and uh, <laughs> fucking guy, I almost quit the podcast. I one hundred percent know you did. Uh, wow, what you don't get to talk to me like that? <laughs> what a question. Um, I feel. I feel like we didn't do our we didn't give that question its proper flowers. There wasn't enough jokey in it. Is that okay that we didn't joke about it enough? Okay, what's what's the silliest thing you learned about friendship? Um I don't know. I learned that Saker can fit his whole fist in his mouth. You learned that I hit a dog with my car once. That's, that's <laughs> pretty silly. You know what? That's I think if we're taking anything from this podcast, it's just, I want to murder somebody. That's yeah. the silliest thing I learned. I learned about that Saker's a killer, <laughs> just a stone cold killer. I got down that killer there. instinct. What can yeah. I say? Uh, anyway, and you learned uh, that I am a. What'd you learn about me? I, you know, you've joked a lot about having, having red pilled yourself over the course of this podcast, <laughs> and you do have that haircut now. So I'm thinking I may have learned a little bit about your politics over the course mm-hmm. of this podcast. Finally, finally, you, my politics are are out in the open. I've been trying to hide them as best I can. You devote an enormous amount of money to Colonial Williamsburg. You, <laughs> it is where history comes alive, <laughs> Saker. Yes, of course it is. You're right. Uh, wow, so we've learned a lot about ourselves and each other. That's beautiful. Just Great. as Jared knew we would. Hey, thanks, Jared. We appreciate it, bud. It's got to be you. <laughs> Ebo, a shorter one this week. <laughs> oh, thank God. Just like we, we really wanted. fucking took a big shit on the last episode. <laughs> that's for sure. We sure did. Um, what are you plugging this week? mushroom hey there buddy i don't like mushrooms but i do respect them like they were my stepdad (laughs) huh Uh, i mean like you don't really like what mushrooms are doing you don't like their you know you don't like them popping up you don't like them taking any of your time but you know it's fine they fuck your mom yeah you know what i'm an adult i don't have to be in the house anymore Mm -hmm. i respect it he's kind of weird Uh, but if my mom's happy then good for mushroom i mean he's just a he's not really a guy so much as an extrusion of an underground (laughs) you know underground mycelium mycelial network that will uh that will eventually turn into fruiting bodies and perhaps spread you know across the entire surface of the earth but he makes me happy maybe maybe mushroom will fuck all our moms oh wouldn't that be a dream you know what that's what i'm plugging this week i hope a mushroom fucks all of our moms goodbye (laughs) see you guys again in one week love you 